let's get this over with. What in the heck's going on, Alex? Let's get this over with. I don't know. I say let's get this started. Look at this show on the road. Get this party underway. Let's get this day going. The day going, man. Let's get it going. Alex, good morning. I see we got a couple people out there already. Bright and shiny on the 14th of October. Month's almost half up. Oh, man. 31 days. We can't really say the 15th is midway. I say 15th, uh, morning of the 16th, I guess, is midway through the month. Midway, halfway there. Well, we're halfway there. Alex, are we living on a prayer? Had a great, great session last night. Awesome, awesome conversation last night with folks going through the RMF class. Guys, it's it's exciting to see the folks entering the field. It really is. It's exciting to see the folks entering the field and coming from a wide variety of backgrounds. Um, guys, it's just, you know, you see people that want to get in this field, that are trying to get in the field, that are make, making this happen. Makes me happy. Makes me happy. Um, checking my buttons, making sure things going good. Uh, looks like shenanigans going on on YouTube in the YouTube world. That's okay. I was talking about talking about talking about getting into the cyber field, right? Getting into the cyber field is man. It's why is it got to be so tough? I understand what we're doing. I understand what we're doing is important and it's critical. And a lot of times you're on people's systems just. You know, you gotta gotta make sure the right people are there. So that's obviously we see administrative security controls in place. But why, why, why? And I'm I'm in the same basket. Why do we set this bar at at this level of of, of perfection to get people in the field, right? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking. I'm man. I'm not talking very well at all. I'm not talking about these people that are going, you know, for, for senior positions, you know, people that have been in the field 20 years, 15 years. I'm talking about entry-level positions. We, the job postings for entry-level security jobs are ridiculous. Entry-level SOC analyst, entry-level ISO, um, entry-level just security person, right? Five years experience, bachelor's degree, CISSP, entry level guys. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Part of the reason we're going to be three million people short this year is because we write job descriptions like that and we put requirements out like that, and then HR goes out and tries to find a person. When they do find a person, we're going to try to bring them in at entry level wages, and they're going to go, "I'm not taking it." So the job goes unfilled, or people that want to take the job don't think they're qualified so they don't even apply gotta get better we gotta we gotta track people out we gotta get entry-level positions with entry-level job titles and descriptions we gotta do it it's working I, I i'm guilty i'm guilty we just posted a position it was a senior position but i just i ended up reusing the old job description and copying things over bad on me I'm part of the problem right now. We got to go back in. We got to look the descriptions over. We got to make sure they they match what we're looking for. That's what I heard last night, loud and clear. Last night is people. One hand, every news article I see says 
cyber the cyber field is going to be like three million people short 21 in 2021 and then on the other hand we got all these people trying to get into the field they can't get that first job and then they they're, they're like the old credit situation i can't get a job because i don't have experience and i don't have experience because i can't get that first job so we talked about a little bit of that we talked about um you know how to help help people get their resume better how to target um different jobs and that's what we really got to do oh alex i wish we had wish we could bring everybody on here budget just doesn't support that that's for sure uh gotta get more people buying the rmf class maybe we get some more people going but um yeah yeah cold this morning a little chilly um that's for sure i did i broke this out guys and i know we want to test this this whole thing, this whole jug, this tankard, it's like wearing our red logo there on one side and the Cyber Recon, obviously, on the other. Big old tankard of Java for me. Usually I use that big big cup, but I keep spilling it. So this thing's got a nice pour spot. We'll give it, run it through its paces, see if it's worth getting more in stock. We'll put them on the swag site. Maybe we'll, put, we'll probably put different logos on besides just the red one. But uh, pretty cool. It's, it seems to be working pretty well the day one and the other thing i was going to show you guys is this cool blue cup the blue cyber recon cup uh with a big sticker we haven't got off of it yet look at the big sticker but it's got the wings on one side and the giant cyber recon on the other turvis cups told you we're trying turvis out see how they're doing um the stuff going on swag everywhere um uh, yeah it does i agree it looks like a nuclear silo giant big old thing got my got my shirt on we're getting ready we're one day away from trivia night one one stinking day away from trivia night that's tomorrow 7 p.m eastern time come out mako's knocking it out we're talking about i'm gonna tell you one of the domains right now i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you one of the domains i'm gonna give away one of them and that's cloud security um that's one of them they know one there's like three you don't know come out 7 p.m Eastern time, right here on the YouTubes, and you'll be using the Socrative or Socrative app to answer your questions. So get there a bit early. Uh, we'll walk you through getting set up and getting ready to go. Win a prize. Maybe we'll give one of these these cups up. We got these other ones. I think are pretty cool from Turbus too, because I know there's some young ladies out there that maybe maybe guys. I, I'm being sexist there when I say that. I guess you can ever see these are the um, this rose gold color. They got Cyber Recon on that side and the the wings on the other side of course hard to see on the screen of course but it is laser etched on there kind of a kind of a cool color and there's a it's kind of silvery color too uh same thing you kind of see that turbis stuff so bunch of stuff coming in bunch of cyber recon stuff waiting to give out maybe we'll give out uh one of those cups there's a green one too we'll give out one of those maybe Winner can pick their color, um, get it shipped off. So Kansas City is our cup of the day. I do would like to see you guys for Trivia Night. Trivia Night would be awesome. It's going to be a fun time. I'm telling you, fun fun will be had by all. I have a beverage, have a tasty beverage of your choice, alcoholic or not. It's up to you. You pick it. And uh, we'll put you through your paces, see if you know your cyber trivia, see if you can come out on time. We know Ralph has been knocking them dead 
Mike Bravo was the standing champion. We'll see if we can get him out maybe on Thursday. Maybe he just couldn't make Wednesdays. Get him out, see what he's doing, see how things are going uh, with the Bravos. I know they're probably in transit right now, uh, getting to work. So I know some uh, one of the one of the people we talked to last night, I'm not going to call him out, but he's at work right now. He's working. He said he can't make this show because he work, gets to work at like 5 a.m., but maybe he's going to watch it on the YouTubes. Maybe he'll watch it later, too. So, you know, you are. I'm talking about you. I think it was a good session last night. Talked about a lot of stuff. Other things we're, we're talking about. <clears throat> and looking at things. Um, looking at your movement into this field. Is it is it federal? Is it private sector? Or is it just contractor jobs, consulting? you got to decide that uh, when you come in the field. Uh, you got to kind of pick that. You can move around, of course, but you want to zero in on one when you're coming in. So we do have a few things today. We're talking about Microsoft Patch Tuesday. And obviously the the, the article we always pick for this um, gives you links to not only Microsoft, but other uh, Adobe, all the other sites too. Make sure you're all patched up, locked up, and know what's coming out for Microsoft. Know what, what Patch Tuesday had brought us yesterday. Got a new new type of malware out there. New type of ransomware to me. It's not really new. New to me as we, we've never covered it in this show before. And ransomware just, just everywhere. And we're going to talk a little bit about more. Yesterday we talked about U.S. Cyber Command going after TrickBot. Apparently that was just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, it was a coordinated attack. There was all, not attack, coordinated coordinated strike, maybe we'll call it that. I don't want to call it an attack. Cybercom definitely did offensive maneuvers. Um, but some of the other people didn't. They were more defensive, so I don't want to call it definitely attack. It was a coordinated effort. Um, folks like Microsoft were in on it. There was a whole list of people that were in on this 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 movement against the TrickBot. Um so you got to think something's up with TrickBot. Trick, we know TrickBot's tied into a lot of things. State-sponsored movements, ransomware attacks, uh, malware for sale. It's malware as a service. They were going. They, they, they went after TrickBot hard, and they knew, and we'll talk about it in the article, they knew they wouldn't take TrickBot down. They, they knew it was, they call it um, kneecapping, not decapitation. So they said they're just they're just trying to slow them down to try to disrupt their operations for a bit. You gotta wonder what um man, they put a lot of effort just after this one one malware operator, um, Trickbot. So you gotta there's more there's more to the story, we just don't know it all yet. So that's what's going on. That's the news we're gonna talk about today. That's what's in the news, as Paul Harvey would say. The rest of the story. Eric's here. Eric, I uh, got a chance to talk to Eric online last night in the RMF session. I think it was awesome. It was great to great to put a face to the name that we see every morning. Uh, realized that WebEx is not my tool of choice. Uh, and <laughs> strange to say, I'll be going with the Zoom. Um, Zoom with its new security features in place. Just more full-featured than the old WebEx. Strange but true. Strange but true, guys. 
So Eric, I think I think it was went well last night. It's good to see you. Good to put a face with the name. Good to good to hear what you're all about, what you got going on. So that was a good session. A good a good session, I think. So let's throw the intro in there. Let's throw the intro in and let's let's talk about as Paul Harvey would say, let's talk about the news. Do do do, such a mellow, mellow song. In the morning, let's get this to where we can see everything, see what's going on, make sure everything's working the right, right way. Got a little bit of halo today. I think that's just the lighting. I think work our lighting out a little bit. If you're listening to the podcast, I obviously you can't see the lighting. So if you watch, listen, listen to the podcast later today. This is available in all the so the places we posted, iTunes, Amazon, everywhere else. You know, you'll be wondering what the heck we're talking about. Talking about a glow, a little edge I've got because I've got the green green screen behind me. So, oh my goodness, Microsoft, Microsoft Patch Tuesday. Just rolled through Patch Tuesday. Your vulnerability management, your patch management folks. Should be hot on the trail of these 87 vulnerabilities that were fixed yesterday. <clears throat> Guys, that's just Microsoft. This is just Microsoft that's put 87 patches out. 21 of the 87 are for remote code execution in different products. This is across their product line, Excel, Windows, you know, even their, their TCP IP stack in Windows. Um, Vulnerabilities galore, right? Um, the article in your show notes talks about the 87 vulnerabilities across a wide range of Microsoft products. By far the most dangerous bug patch this month is CVE 2020-16898, described as remote code execution vulnerability in the Windows TCP IP stack. The bug could allow attackers to take over Windows send system by sending malicious ICMP version 6 router uh, advertisement packets to an unpatched computer via a network connection. Bad juju, man. Bad juju. We know these CVSS scores go up to 10. This one gets a 9.8 on the CVSS Richter scale. Um, bad stuff. Bad stuff. Make sure you're patching. Make sure you're patching. We know that's, that's we're talking about ransomware. Ransomware should kind of be in the, I think it's been the number one threat you guys got this year. Make sure you patch those systems. Almost a perfect score. Another bug to keep an eye on is CVE 2020-16947. Remote code execution in Outlook. Uh, Microsoft says this bug can be exploited, tricking the user to opening a specially crafted file with an affected version of the Microsoft Outlook software the program. Obviously, that's a bad thing. Um, perfect for our phishing attacks, right? Don't reel them in. So watch out for phishing. Got to patch these things. Got to be on, on your schedule. Make sure you patch according to your processes. Oh, man. Vulnerability scanning patch management systems should be in high gear moving through these vulnerabilities. <clears throat> so our article in the show notes by ZDNet. 
I love, I love, and we talk about Patch Tuesday, I'm going to probably always give you the ZDNet article because it doesn't only give you Microsoft's patches, right? And I know some of you guys got a lot of stuff going on. You don't have time for a bunch of overhead. You've got to get the short and the sweet list when you be, when you get to work. And that's what they've done. They In this one article, they, they obviously detail, well, they, at least they list. I don't say the detail. They detail the top ones. But they list all 87 of the patches that are in this latest rollout. But they also <clears throat> provide you a link to the security update portal, uh, guide portal for Microsoft. Um, <clears throat> they give you the Adobe security updates, the SAP updates, the Intel update, v VMware, Chrome 86, and Android, all available at the click of a button, uh, click of a link on this one site, on this one page. So you go to that, you get all of your rundown for this month, at least on those big, big companies, right? Um, the other, the one other thing I wanted to talk about, about the patches that are being released is right on the top of their list. Um, Adobe Flash Player, it's a CVEID, CVEID is AV, ADV 200012, weird number. Uh, October 2020 Adobe Flash Security Update. Um, and the reason I call this one out, Adobe Flash is going away at the end of the year. So we're in October, yeah, November, December, and Flash is going away. So the thing you need to do, it's not really, it, it is security because Adobe is, a, the, the reason you're getting rid of Adobe is because it's just insecure as heck. Can't fix it. It's just, just bad. It's always on the list of malware operators. They, it's a big target. <clears throat> You got to get rid of it. So you got to work with your organization. You, if you have people in your organization that are having Flash applications, and I still know a lot of people are distributing training content on Flash, it's going to stop working. It's just going to stop. Adobe will not support Flash after the first of the year, and most of the web browsers are going away from it too. We should be HTML5. Uh, So if you got Adobe, you know, I'd, I'd figure out, try to figure out how to figure out if Adobe, people are using Adobe at your organization. Because there's going to be an issue at the first of the year. And, of course, they're going to blame security because this is going to be tied back to Adobe Flash is not working. We got rid of Flash because it's a security problem. And now security is going to be like, talk. People are going to be like, what is going on? Why did you guys kill, kill Adobe Flash? You guys didn't. Adobe killed Flash. Uh, video killed the radio star and... Adobe killed Flash. Morning, Mike. Great to see you again. Great to see you, Mike. Um, so that's it. Go check out the article. Uh, work with your VM folks. Maybe you are the VM folks. Maybe you're patch management uh, or maybe you're your vulnerability management folks. Obviously, I'm going to tell you my thought of this. I talk, We talk about this probably every month. Vulnerability management, your vulnerability scanning people, and your patch management people. Got to be two different groups. Got to be two different groups, man. They really do. You can't have the people watching to make sure that the scans are done be the same people that are putting the patches in place. Don't do it. Don't fall in the trap. I know a lot of people do. They say, well, if you're scanning for vulnerabilities, why don't you just patch too? No, no. Bad security practices there. Bad security practices. Um, next one. You guys may not know these guys. Software AG. 
software, all good, right? Now, it's a German firm, Deutscher firm. Um, yes, big, big company, big company. The Klopp Group. So this is another type of uh, ransomware, right? Uh, the Klopp Group is a uh, ransomware operator. They attacked Software AG, and a Software AG is a German conglomerate with operations in more than 70 countries. So they're big, big company. Um, and they're threatening to dump Software AG's stolen data if the ransom is not paid. And get this one, guys. Man, $23 million. That's the ransom. It's a two-pronged attack. Data's been encrypted. And the data's been taken. And they're threatening to dump it onto a dark website. Clop and the group Signature Malware have struck again, according to this article by Threat Post. Becky Bracken, thank you, Becky, for putting this story together. This time hitting a giant target from the German uh, software uh, conglomerate software AG and the company says we're not paying it so they're saying so far over the weekend it confirmed that crooks were releasing company data according to reports um, the clop ransomware cyber criminals were able to infiltrate the company's systems early October the company released a statement on October 5 publicly announcing the attack adding this is a quote from the statement while Service to its customers, including its cloud-based services, remain unaffected as a result. Software AG has shut down the internal systems in a controlled manner in accordance with companies' internal security regulations. But that assessment turned out to be prematurely rosy just days after that. The company had to admit Klopp was, in fact, able to access and download customer data and on Saturday, it admitted that the data was being released according to Bloomberg. Um, if you don't know, GDPR, uh, the European Union, has GDPR, um, and its requirements on privacy are much more stringent than Americans' requirements on privacy. Still, that being said, that Germany is part of the EU and it falls under GDPR, and they know that customer data has been taken in this attack. They've still determined that they are not going to pay the ransom. And obviously the, the law enforcement folks are going to say, don't pay the ransom. So that's a bad precedence. And when you pay the ransom, that makes the, the, the bad guy want to continue doing this because that's how they're making their money. And then we talked about, keep talking about it, goes back to money. They do this because that's, if they make money doing it. Hard pill, though. It's a hard pill to swallow because you're, le you're leaking your customers' data to the Internet. And Mike's agreeing. Yeah, Mike's saying the same thing. I don't think they'll pay. Yeah, they're saying they're not going to pay. $23 million, you know. $23 million here, $23 million there. Pretty soon it adds up to a lot of money. It's uh, an old joke, right? Well, um, today's Software AG has obtained the first evidence the data was downloaded from Software AG servers. 
and employee notebooks. There's still no indications for services to customers, including cloud-based services, being disrupted. So it's not only they got on servers, they got on at laptops, they got got in they got in and did bad things um, ransomware gangs are becoming bolder and more sophisticating going after larger and more lucrative targets with their criminal attacks this recent attack against germany's software ag is one of the largest ransomware attacks but certainly will not be the last is becky telling us that even with complete security stack and mature security operations team Organizations can still be vulnerable, obviously. Um, we can do we, we can do our best to keep up our defenses up to date, including behavior and analytics tools, and can identify new attack vectors and educate our users to reduce the attack surface. At least make it harder on the back guy. And they didn't say exactly how Clout got into Software AG. They didn't talk about that, how that happened. Um, so... The CEO of uh, Garucci, Garuchal, um, also went on to say, with little risk of punishment and potentially a multi-million dollar payoff, these attacks will continue until the equation changes. Something's got to change. Because otherwise, you know, if you do five or ten attacks and you charge a multi-million dollars, you know, four or eight of them don't go good and just a couple of them work, you're still making millions of dollars, right? Scale and cloud don't make an organization immune from ransomware attacks and often make them a more vulnerable target. Bigger target, you're going to be drawing more attention. An organization having deep pockets mean attackers will devote vast resources towards compromising them. And more employees and more networks mean a larger attack surface also shows that the threat actors are more motivated than ever and feel confident requesting exorbitant sums likely due to past success. Yeah, if they continue to make money doing this, they're going to continue to attack people and run these ransomware attacks. Um, so CLOP was first discovered last year, February 19, February 2019, by the Malware Hunter team. Cool, cool name. And they're calling this tactic now, we've called this a double-pronged attack. They're calling it double extortion, meaning that not only are they encrypting your data with a very complex encryption key, but they're also taking your data and they're going to post it on a website. Uh, Side software AG Clops recently hit Execufarm, a biopharmaceutical company in April. Um, obviously we talk about Maze all the time. Maze does the same thing, this double extortion. Maybe we'll start using that term. Last month's Maze dumped personal information of students in Las Vegas on a shady underground forum after the Clark County School District didn't pay the ransom. So Clark County didn't pay. Earlier, yesterday or the day before, what is it, Monday or Tuesday this week, we talked about Fairfax County School District right out here in Virginia. They're not paying the ransom either. Huge school district, 220,000 students, 25,000 staff and admin. They're not paying either, and they're not paying Mays either. These guys aren't paying. Clark County Schools didn't pay. Man, it's a fight right now. It's a fight because they're getting your information. They're throwing your information on to the dark web. Uh, and some, some even going as far as throwing it on social media. Oh. But CLOP has distingu distinguished itself by going after top flight companies rather than small 
to mid-sized schools and municipalities, which have emerged as the bread and butter, butter, bread and butter of ransomware crooks everywhere. Yeah, CLOP ransomware is usually packaged inside uh, to hide its inner workings, signaling, uh, or, uh, signing a malicious binary, in this case ransomware, may trick security solutions into trust the binary and let it pass. So it's weird. This one, there's, there's in the show notes, they talk about this. I'm not going to go in detail like the, the notes say. But essentially, when CLOP runs, and this is going to tell us, it's going to be a big tell on who is behind this thing. Because I don't think this article talks about it. The first thing it does, it looks to see which type of keyboard you have installed. So it checks the value um, to see if it's a Gregorian, a Russian language, Azerbaijan, um, or other keyboard, right? So um, it's going to return either a one or a zero. So a binary result, uh, Boolean logic. If it belongs to a Russian keyboard or another keyboard that would be associated with the confederated independent states, essentially former Soviet Union states that are aligned with Russia, um, it gets a one. Everything else gets a zero. Gets a zero, the malware works as normal. It goes like crazy. Um, if it returns a one, then it's going to double check and check the screen to see if it's somebody maybe, I guess a tactic to avoid these guys is to install uh, software that makes it look like you have a Russian keyboard. And it's gonna do a double check. It double checks to see if you're running essentially two keyboards, a Russian one and a normal like English version one. Um, if it determines that you're actually speaking and typing in Russian, it leaves you alone. It stops the attack and it goes off. So this is not a, a human intervention. You know, it's not a human behind the keyboard. It's an automated attack. So this can, you know, obviously this is going to make us think that it's coming from Russia. It's, to me, it's got to come from Russia. One of the things the Russian government is, is doing is if, as long as you're not attacking Russia or any of the, the states that it cares about, like the CIS, they essentially are going to leave the bad guys alone. They're letting them, if you want to attack America, you want to attack Great Britain, you want to attack Germany, go for it. We don't care. Just don't attack Russians. And they built the software to not attack Russians. So it's going to check to see if you're Russian. If you're Russian, it leaves you alone. If you're not Russian, game on. It's going to go after you. So um, Klopp's use of batch files, it uses batch files to run some of its programs, um, indicates that the programmers behind it aren't that sophisticated, but apparently they don't have to be that sophisticated. Um, so, um, who's Piaz? Piaz has made a statement. Customers want to be reassured, reassured their data is safe when an, or, with, when an organization they do business with is a victim of ransomware. However, when statements need to be later walked back, it ends up doing more harm to an organization's reputation than if they hadn't issued the statement to begin with. So they're essentially talking about software AG saying, hey, we're kind of under control. We did a controlled shutdown. They didn't, they didn't get anything. And then later had to walk back saying, yeah, they got not only customer data from the mainframes, the server, I should say mainframe, from the servers, 
but they also got enough laptops and stuff. That means they were really, they were running the network. Although statements such as these are typically done with good intentions, they can still have serious consequences if proven wrong and data is leaked, which is the case here. $23 million. Wow. Of course they're not going to pay it. Good morning, Didi. Nice to see you. Up oh, and Adam in the morning. So we're going to see this. And as, as we talk about, and we'll talk about in the next article, TrickBot is in the middle of all this too, right? TrickBot is one of the tools that's used and distributed by a lot of the ransomware operators. Um, and TrickBot had, yesterday we knew that, that U.S. Cybercom had done a coordinated offensive attack on TrickBot to, to disrupt their operations. Um, and then the, the folks that listened to the chatter on the, the, the Russian-speaking uh, channels we're able to listen in and say, okay, the folks from buying TrickBot are saying, okay, we're gonna go, we're gonna change our ransomware from 10% of revenue to 100 or 150% revenue. And we're seeing, I don't think this is, uh, you know, this play, this company is gigantic. Software AG is gigantic. So 23 million is probably still 10% of revenue, or maybe even less than that. But if you see these folks still starting to go for 100, 150% of revenue, gonna be, going to be bad. It's going to be bad for a lot of companies. It's going to be bad for a lot of organizations. It's going to be a bad, bad, bad deal. Um, did a bad, bad thing. So as long as these guys keep getting money, they're going to keep doing what they do. Um, we know. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to say it. Eric, you know, we talked about it last night, these rules of three. The three things you can do for your basic protection of ransomware. And this is not deep coverage. This is the bare minimum you've got to do. And that's not have RDP, remote desktop uh, protocol connections on open networks, including the internet. Uh, trusted networks are okay, but not on any untrusted networks, like including the network, the internet. Um, put those things behind a VPN. But once you're behind a VPN, make sure you do the second rule. All of your stuff, your hardware, your software, your firmware, your drivers have to be updated and patched, right? And Alex, we talked about all those things you got to make sure you're patched, not just the big OS stuff, but firmware and drivers, all that stuff has to be patched. And three, you have to train your end users. Don't click the links, man. That's the basics of don't click click your links. Um, and then on the other side, we know that we have to back up our data. And this doesn't protect you from that double double-pronged attack, right? It doesn't protect you from people stealing your data and then reposting it. But if we have the ability to do three backups of our critical data on two different types of media and one of them offline, that's going to give us the ability to recover. So three and three, the two rules of three that are the basics, the pure, pure basics of ransomware protection. Got to get it. What are some other rules? What are some other rules? Throw them in the show notes, throw them in the chat, what other, you know, we can encrypt data, right? Um, problem is when we encrypt data, it's gotta be able to be re read by people on our network, so they've gotta have the keys, so the keys have to be somewhere. If they steal a bunch of encrypted data, it's encrypted, encrypted already, maybe it's not gonna be very good for them. Bang, $23 million software AG. I can understand why you're not paying it. TrickBot. Yesterday we talked about TrickBot. Yesterday we talked about TrickBot in Cyber Command going in there and 
messing with things, poking Trick Bot in the eye. They knew, Cyber Command said, we know this is not going to take them down. We know it's just going to slow them down. But that's what we want. It gives a little reprieve from the attack, a little protection from the attack. That's what they're talking about. Talking about the protection that's being provided um, by this little, this little hobbling, this kneecapping, uh, as they talk about it. So there's another article by ZDNet, and this goes on with Cyber Command. We talked about yesterday, Cyber Command doing their offensive maneuvers against TrickBot. Uh, TrickBot, the TrickBot botnet survives a takedown attempt, but Microsoft sets a new legal precedence. And this precedence in the back, at the end of this, we're going to talk about, because it kind of ties in with what we were talking about the other day about the backdoor and encryption. Um, so TrickBot botnet has survived a takedown attempt orchestration by a collation of tech companies on Monday. The TrickBot command and control, or CNC, servers and domains seized yesterday have been replaced with a new infrastructure earlier today. Multiple sources in the InfoSec community have told ZDNet. So they took over, they took back the domain controllers, they took back the CNC controllers, this, this coalition of tech companies. But TrickBot's already got them back up and running. Security researcher said, our estimate right now is what the takedown did was give current victims a breather. So some of the people involved in this, um, they don't cite individual people. They just cite companies, uh, Microsoft's Defender Team, FSISAC, the Financial Service ISAC, uh, ESET, Lumens Black Lotus Labs, NTT, Broadcoms, Cyber Security Division, Semantic, um, are on the list of folks that were in this coordinated takedown. One source described Monday's action as kneecapping the botnet rather than cutting off its head. ZDNet was told that even from earlier planning phases involved, the parties expected TrickBot to make a comeback and plan follow-up follow actions. Um, so you got to wonder what's coming next. What's the next shoe that will drop? Um, Tom Burt, CVP of Customer Security and Trust at Microsoft, said, as we've seen with prior takedown operations, the result of global disruption involving multiple partners shows up in stages. We anticipate the TrickBat operators will attempt to revive their operations, and we will take additional legal and technical steps to stop them if necessary. Article goes on to say, this multi-phased approach to disrupting TrickBot is a directed result of the botnet's complex infrastructure, much of which runs on bulletproof hosting systems, which are unresponsive or slow to react to takedown attempts. The Threat Intelligence Bulletin with restricted distribution shared with ZDNet on Monday night. Um, security firm Intel 471 noted that TrickBot began moving CNC servers to the EMER, E-M-E-R DNS, decentralized domain name system as a way to counter the ongoing takedown attempt. By Tuesday morning, the botnet's infrastructure had recovered, although it wasn't as active in previous days. So they did slow it down. Um, TrickBot. So they're now they're. It has it has. It took them down a little bit, but now they've moved on to a better version of DNS. 
Our goal, our goals were discussed in the takedown, taken into consideration. These included adding additional costs to TrickBot authors and delaying current malware operations, such as ransomware attacks uh, that are usually discovered using TrickBot as a conduit. TrickBot is uh, one of today's top three most successful malware-as-a-service operations on the cybercrime underworld. The botnet uses sp email spam can campaigns to infect computers, downloads as malware, and then steals data from the infected hosts, then le later resells it for profit. But the botnet also rents access to infected computers to other criminal groups, which also account for a significant portion of its profits. That's where the money's at. And these, are air, these customers, in quotes, include operators of Interstellar Trojans, BEC, which are email campaigns, um, fraud groups, uh, ransomware gangs, and nation-state hacking groups. So they, they, they're not limited who they're renting their stuff to. They're just, yeah, go ahead and we'll rent it to you with no problem. All about the, the Benjamins or whatever they are in, in other countries. The botnet can... Uh, can be disrupted, and this risks exposing, compromising the operators of, of customers, some of which may not want to be exposed to law enforcement tracking. A botnet that can be disrupted isn't reliable business-wise, especially for TrickBot's trick regular customers who are paying considerable fees to have access to infected systems at precise times. So, just a thought, maybe this was a co coordinated effort to stop something from happening just in the last couple of days. Maybe the Intel sources are saying something was going to happen and just stopping it that for a couple of days was enough to stop the, the attack that was go, that was either planned or underway. Um, it's hard to say hard, with the, what the bigger picture on, on this, but they were able to destabilize it to, to cause it to go offline for a little bit at least. Um, but there is a new tr legal precedence that's been set. And I'm going to read this from the article. Uh, but the TrickBot takedown also played another role, one that was invisible to most observers. The court case that preceded the takedown also helped Microsoft set a new legal precedence. In court, the OS maker argued that the TrickBot malware abused Windows code for malicious purposes against the terms of the standard service um, for the Windows Software Development Kit, or SDK, over which all Windows apps are used. Microsoft successfully argued that TrickBot was infringing on Microsoft copyright of use of its own code by copying and using the SDK for malicious purposes. Some might call this approach to taking a botnet as petty, but also a genius legal move. In previous cases, Microsoft or law enforcement usually had to pre uh, present evidence and be ready to prove that the malware was incurring financial damage to victims in certain jurisdictions, steps that usually meant identifying and contacting victims. This new approach focused on the misuse of Windows SDK code, both easier to prove and argue, uh, but it can be, and it can also be used in any jurisdiction, providing Microsoft's legal team with more agile approach to going after malware gangs, which is why they're likely to reuse it for faster crackdown in the future. Wow. So a lot of stuff in that last piece, right? So the whole first piece was about, about going after TrickBot. 
And one of the ways they did that is they said, the TrickBot is using Microsoft SDK in a way that is not legal, legally authorized to do. So in that case, they were able to get the court orders and do what they needed to do to take down these command and control servers and the uh, domain controllers, DNS controllers, the DNS, sorry, DNS controllers, I mean. But it let, it opened the door to allow Microsoft to use this tactic in the future. So now, obviously it's good for going after the bad guy. We, we like that. And it's kind of like the encryption thing, an encryption backdoor. It's good for law enforcement, but there's another side to it. Uh, another side is, do you want your service provider having a backdoor to your encryption keys? I think that's the same thing with this. It gives them the legal precedence to go after people that are using this SDK to, to create malware. But what other options does it give Microsoft if people are using that SDK in a way that they don't agree with um, or they think is outside the, the agreement? So if I'm building a tool, maybe I'm a, a white hat, uh, a, you know, trying to do something good for the security community, and I use this SDK to build a tool that uncovers vulnerabilities in Windows, and Microsoft doesn't want that released, they could use this same precedence to go after me, right? Not saying I'm doing that, but it's a possibility. Uh, in this case, the good far outweighs the bad, but is that going to be the case every time? What precedence has been set by this? It's just a question. I'm not a legal, I'm not, it's not legal advice. I'm just wondering what, what else can Microsoft do now that it's got this precedent? Because this smart company, smart lawyers, and they're, they're, they think about what they, they don't just do things. Um, you know, it thinks about, you guys don't don't know the the U.S. was not the first country to go to space. The USSR was the first company to go to, country to go to space. Um, Sputnik they put Sputnik up far before we put anything into space. But there's a lot of talk now that we let them do that because it set a precedence that space was was for everyone to use. Right? You couldn't claim space the way that the Soviets put Sputnik up. It allowed the U.S. to say that, yeah, you could, you know, there's really no claim on space. Um, there's a big article. I have to dig the article up. There's a big article about um, the the race for space, and there was a, a lot of discussion that the Soviets were allowed to go into space first because then we wouldn't have to argue some different points about how the territory of space is divided up. Same thing here. You know, what what are they going to do with this? Is there, what's the motive behind the scenes? Is there one? Maybe there's not. Maybe they just said, we're going after these guys. But the big point is, um, TrickBot, think about TrickBot. Behind a lot of the ransomware attacks, this is kind of the engine behind a lot of the ransomware attacks, state-sponsored stuff. We've had, this week, we've had US Cyber Command, and then we've got this coalition of tech companies have gone off after TrickBot, and all they've been able to do is temporarily slow them down, temporarily stop them. So as a company, as an organization, as a household, you're going to have to be on your A game to keep TrickBot out, right? Do your hygiene, patch your systems, have antivirus, have defense in depth and diversity of defense, have layered defenses, have some type of threat intelligence, whether it's IDS, IPS, or a full-on Intel stack, 
on your network looking for these things. Look for the indicators of compromise. Train your end users. The base, best security practices we have to follow to keep the bad guy out, right? Make it At least make it harder. So that's the rundown of your news. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that helped you. Helped you prepare for the day. You know, we got to have a a holiday something to talk about around the water cooler i guess virtual water water cooler these days national dessert day today's national dessert day um in your show notes i threw a article from newsweek actually it's from last year i thought it was this year but it's got a list of folks that are providing some type of free something and I'm sure these are all active this year. Gosh, thought I grabbed. I thought I grabbed the right one. Dang it, dang it. Um, so it's National Dessert Day. Have a dessert today. I'd say check, check the show notes. There's. A, I'm sure. Like, oh man, that. And I hate these websites that have a bunch of talking ads in them. Shouldn't have picked that one, I guess. But Krispy Kreme, Mister Miss Fields, um, bunch of other places. Um, anyways just know it's national dessert day have a dessert have a dessert and a smile that's what i'm saying have a dessert and a smile that takes us to the end of the show hopefully you guys are out there take care of your friends your family your co-workers and each other take care of your organization take care of each other bravos are going to say go get some don't forget trivia night tomorrow night 7 p.m eastern time be there be square so you can, who has the security chops? Get there a little early. Make sure you're so creative is up and running. Make sure you're logged in. Make sure you have your beverage of choice. We're going to have four rounds of 10 questions. Multiple guests, multiple choice, I think, is all this time. And uh, got a bunch of messages coming in over there. We'll see you then. So that rounds out the day. That rounds us out. If you haven't, check out the Facebook page. Facebook front slash Cyber Recon Training, all one word, no dashes, no hyphens, no nothing like that. Uh, being run by the lovely D, who's keeping that up and running. So that being said, you guys all be good. Take care of each other, and we'll see you tomorrow morning, 730. Same bat time, same bat channel.